0: Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. This Esther series is based on my book, Esther for Such a Time as This, Prayer, Reversals, and Joy. It has an imprimatur. So why not start a Cup of Joy women's group by inviting a few friends to listen to the podcast and meet for one hour over coffee for discussion and prayer. I'll send you free materials. Just sign up at my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello, welcome to Wrap Yourself in Joy. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to podcast number three of my third season, called Esther for This Time. It follows my book, Esther, for such a time as this, prayer, reversals, and joy. Are you ready to jump into episode three, The Spa and the New Queen, where we will see the providence of God begin to unfold and we will consider attractiveness in God's eyes. It's 479 BC in Persia. Between chapters one and chapter two of Esther, four years have passed. According to Greek historian Herodotus, during that time, King Ahasuerus suffered a great military defeat from the Greeks and returned home to consume himself again with overindulgence and sensuality. Obviously, partying for six months did not help him win many military battles. Not only that, but he also missed the lasting relationship with his beautiful wife, Queen Vashti, whom he dethroned at the last party the king's advisors show up again, and they suggest a beauty contest with precious ointments and exotic spa treatments to help find the new queen. This pleased the king. So today we're off to the spa, and we will witness the crowning of a new queen. So let's start by reading Esther 2, 1-8. through 8. After these things, when the anger of King Ahasuerus had abated, He remembered Vashti and what she had done and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's servants who attended him said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought out for the king, and let the king appoint commissioners in all the provinces of his kingdom to gather all the beautiful young virgins to Hiram in the citadel of Susa under the custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women. Let their cosmetic treatments be given them, And let the girl who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. Well, this pleased the king, and he did so. Now there was a Jew in the citadel of Susa whose name was Mordecai, son of Jer, son of Shimei, son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem among the captives carried away with King Jeconiah of Judah, whom King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had carried away. Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his cousin, for she had neither father nor mother. The girl was fair and beautiful, and when her father and her mother died, Mordecai adopted her as his own daughter. So when the king's order and his edict were proclaimed, and when many young women were gathered in the citadel of Susa in the custody of Hegai, Esther also was taken into the king's palace and put in custody of Hagai, who had charge of the women. Now, Mordecai was just introduced to us as a Jew in the family line of Kish, that's King Saul's family of the tribe of Benjamin. A person's family line showed his status in the Jewish lineage, and so when the scriptures mention Nebuchadnezzar carried away Kish, the verses are referring to the Babylonian captivity with a second forced removal involving King Jeconiah of Judah in 597 B.C. So this genealogy suggests that Mordecai's grandfather and family members were part of God's covenant people who had been taken with King Jeconiah in 597 BC. This means that Mordecai was in Susa of Persia after the defeat of the Babylonian Empire. He and his family had chosen not to return to Jerusalem when Cyrus the Great allowed the Jews to return home beginning in 539 BC. It's interesting because Mordecai was called a Jew. And this comes up a lot, which suggests to me that he was perceived as someone still a foreigner and not completely accepted into the secular Persia, which was probably true of all the Jews. Esther was introduced as Mordecai's younger cousin, whom he raised because she had been orphaned. Likely her parents died when she was at a young age. So it would have been. Mordecai, who taught her the Hebrew scriptures and the Jewish faith. Let's keep reading Esther 2, 9 through 12. The girl pleased Haggai and won his favor, and he quickly provided her with her cosmetic treatments and her portion of foods and with seven chosen maids from the kingdom's palace, and advanced her and her maids to the best place in the harem. Esther did not reveal her people or her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her not to tell. Every day, Mordecai would walk around in front of the court of the harem to learn how Esther was and how she fared. The turn came for each girl to go before King Ahasuerus, after being twelve months under the regulations for the women, since this was the regular period of their cosmetic treatment. Six months with oil of myrrh, six months with perfumes, and cosmetics for women. So here we meet Esther. The scripture mentions Esther was taken to the king's palace and Mordecai's family was carried away to Babylon, which indicate their circumstances had little to do with their free will and more about the decisions made by pagan kings. The beauty contest was not the usual Persian way the queen was selected. Normally, kings took their wives from the families of the Persian nobles or the king's cabinet of advisors, and that's probably how King Ahasuerus crowned Veshti. However, an indulgent and powerful king could choose any woman he wanted for a wife. How would you imagine the spa treatments in 479 BC? In Susa, Esther was given seven servants plus food probably laden with oils to fatten her up and help her display the Persian ideal for beauty. Just as in our time, the beauty treatments were often ridiculous, the women were given oiled baths of delicious-smelling flowers and herbs to soften their skin and add a fragrant aroma, and even act as a hygienic treatment. Ancient historians suggest women may have soaked in chemicals to exfoliate their skin or steamed over cosmetic burners to perfume their bodies for the sake of cleansing as a sacred ritual. At Susa, divine providence, that is the hand of God, becomes more visible to the spiritual eye. As we notice, Esther found favor with the lead servant, Haggai. He seems to know a lot about women and the king. The final verses of Esther too describe the scene further. When a girl went into the king, she was given whatever she asked for to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. In the evening, she went in. Then in the morning, she came back to the second harem in custody of Shazgaz, the king's eunuch who was in charge of the concubines. She did not go into the king again unless the king delighted in her and she was summoned by name. When the turn came for Esther, daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had adopted her as his own daughter to go into the king, she asked for nothing except what Haggai, the king's eunuch, who had charge of the women advised. Now Esther was admired by all who saw her. When Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus in his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign, the king loved Esther more than all the other women. Of all the virgins, she won his favor and devotion, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king gave a great banquet to all his officials and ministers, Esther's banquet. He also granted a holiday to the provinces and gave gifts with royal liberality. Now, after 12 months of the beauty treatments, Esther went before the king. The women from the harem could ask for anything to take before the king, jewels, clothing, but Esther asked Haggai for advice. She would take exactly what he knew would please the king. And Esther did please the king. Even though we do not know the details or how this happened in one evening or what she took with her, the king saw her inner and outer beauty, the first that pleased him since Vashti. It was divine providence or God's hand behind the scenes that surely turned the king's heart toward her, even if she was only cooperating with the circumstances beyond her control. And when Ahasuerus Crown Esther as his queen. He gave another party, calling it Esther's banquet. This time, the celebration included both men and women, generous gifts, and even tax relief, as noted by historian Herodotus. Well, it's time to end our journey for today in chapter 2 of Esther with just a bit of reflection. We witnessed a good example of how the Lord can turn the heart of a leader. We can trust and pray that He does it in our times. We also saw how God is at work even though we don't notice it right away. God gave Esther grace and favor with all she met in preparation for how God intends to use her. And we can pray to see God active in the scenes in our lives, for He is surely at work. Finally, there is a lot of pressure in that culture as in ours, to make women look more attractive by subjecting them to all kinds of beautifying treatments. But ultimately, it is God who turns the heart of the king. He gave Esther favor, and her inner beauty seemed to capture the king's favor and love. You know, Proverbs 31 and 1 Peter 3 summarizes God's beauty plan. Proverbs thirty-one thirty says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears worships honors and respects the lord is to be praised obviously with age beauty fades but to worship honor and respect god creates a lasting beauty and attractiveness that appeals to others god blesses all of our attempts to honor him so how's your attractiveness quotient when you consider spending time daily in worship and honor as part of your beauty plan then there's first peter 3 three through four. Don't depend on things like fancy hairdos or gold jewelry or expensive clothes for outward adorning to make you look beautiful, but be beautiful in your heart by being gentle and quiet. That's a calm temper and contented mind. This kind of beauty will last, and God considers it very special or precious in His sight. So it's not that God objects to our putting our best foot forward, so to speak, or to try to look our best at any age, but his word suggests an attractiveness plan. So does your attractiveness plan include a gentle and quiet spirit that involves a calm temper and contented minor demeanor? You know you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ephesians 5 22 says the fruit of the Holy Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience gentleness and more in our lives. Not only is gentleness precious in God's sight, but a quiet spirit instead of a stressed-out ruggedness attracts those around you. It was a blessing of God from a gentle spirit that made Esther especially attractive to the king as there were many outwardly beautiful women for him to choose from. So right now, why not pray, Dear Lord, Please help me find ways daily to adore and worship you. I want to be more attractive in spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, increase your gentleness, joy, and love in me that makes each of us more attractive to you and to others. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of our podcast for today. I'm so glad that you've joined our Esther and Turnaround Joy podcast series. You can find bookmarks for this series on my website, WrapYourselfInJoy.com, and you can follow along using my book, Esther, for such a time as this, Prayer, Reversals, and Joy. This week, I pray that the Lord adorns each of us with a quiet and gentle heart as we spend a bit more time worshiping Him. This is the beauty that will last, and the attractiveness that is most pleasing to all. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit my website, WrapYourselfInJoy.com, where you can learn more about Cup of Joy Women, my books, and even get free bookmarks. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app or download the show notes from today at WrapYourselfInJoy.com. Until next week, this is your friend Karen Dwyer reminding you to wrap yourself in joy.